0: The Porsche Podcast.
1: Welcome to this new episode of the Porsche Podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Rudolph, and I'm looking forward to talking to my guests about exciting topics relating to the Porsche world. Today we've set up our podcast studio in the beautiful surrounding of the Porsche Museum in Stuttgart-Suffenhausen. We have a stunning view over the Porsche Platz and its centerpiece sculpture, three white Porsche 911 soaring into the sky. We've added a new segment to our podcast. To give you an idea of what's ahead in this episode, here are nine words in 11 seconds. Passion. Community spirit.
2: Love affair. Hurdles. Collaboration. Uniqueness. Mountains of Austria.
1: Coffee and cars. Racing. Today's episode is all about our fascination with Porsche. It's about motorsports and community spirit. And we talk about Luftgekühlt, a very special event that brings the Porsche community together. My guest today is one of the founders of the event, a Porsche factory driver and two-time winner of the 24 Hours of Le Mans, Patrick Long. Hi Patrick, it's a pleasure to have you.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on.
1: Patrick, you created Luftgekühlt. Please tell the listeners what's the story behind this?
2: Ah, oh, the story was I talked long and often about first acquiring a vintage 911. It was always a pipe dream of mine since living in the Stuttgart area as a Porsche junior and seeing all these amazing cars, not only in Weissach, but uh, just in the general Stuttgart area. I was always captivated and drawn to uh, a G-body or 80s 911. And the idea came from a young child, like many who have a poster on their wall. And a dream of one day owning a car. Long story short, uh, once I acquired my first car, an 8632 Carrera, I started driving it to different gatherings in Southern California and looking for other Porsche files to talk about my newfound baby and my uh, love for the company. And there wasn't a lot of gatherings or car shows, if you will, that really catered to what I was looking for. So I decided to create my own um, meetup, if you will. And it was about 40 cars and a couple hundred people right at the start of the craze of Instagram. So it wasn't hard to get the message out. And since then, we've just been riding a wave of emotion and passion, people and spirit. And uh, with that, we've grown our own little brand.
1: So you couldn't find the event you dreamed of, so you decided to create it yourself. It's Porsche's spirit because Ferry Porsche, our founder, couldn't find the sports car he dreamed of. So he decided to build it himself with a team. And now there is lots of community spirit in it. What does it mean for you?
2: It's amazing. The... Anticipation, the smiles, the amount of emails, human one-on-one interactions and relationships that have been forged, that is really what it's all about, is coming together and finding common interests in Porsche and the passion behind the brand and forging friendships. The collaboration and the art and display is something that we really pride ourselves in. If you've never seen the visuals or uh, experienced one of our shows, we like to think that we differentiate from a whole lot of cars in an empty parking lot, and the spirit really becomes about placing cars with architectural backdrops and telling the story of our host venues. These days, you could have as many as a 1,000 cars showing up to a Lyfka cult, and it takes a partner and a host in a venue that allows us to hold these events. And with that, we find that there's a, a whole new introduction of person who isn't a normal Porsche attendee who gets exposed to these cars, and that was always the original idea. If I could walk someone around a parking lot of cars and show them what Lufkakult, what air-cooled means as a spirit and explain to them the difference between a survivor car, a concourse restored car, an outlaw, the different race cars and the heritage and successes the companies had. So there's a real mixed bag of cars and characters and spirit. And uh, the first book that we produced the end of 2015, I believe the idea and the art direction that I gave was really to tell a story of what the spirit and what the style was in that moment, if you could freeze that moment in time, it was as much about the human aspect as it was about the cars when we told the story through visuals and photography. So, in the days of instant gratification and the spirit of Instagram, it's quite as much about visuals as it is about words in our spirit.
1: We are going to dig deeper into the subject, but before we introduce you in a little more detail.
0: Patrick Long developed his penchant for speed as a young child. He completed his earliest laps at the age of six in a go-kart. His first race followed two years later. At 18, the young US American graduated to car racing and hurtled to the top of his sport at full speed. Pat has been a Porsche factory driver since 2004. He's one of the most accomplished sports car drivers of his generation and can count two class wins at the 24 Hours of Le Mans among his victories. His own personal highlight is Luftgekühlt, the get-together he created for classic Porsche models and their followers and named after the German term for the air-cooled boxer engine.
1: Yeah, and it sounds really great. But why air-cooled models? Why Luftgekühlt? Why not the whole range? Why is the focus so important to you and the community?
2: I think it's about how the cars make me feel. And when I drive a vintage car, how connected and it brings out an inner child in me. I love the sort of analog and visceral experience that you feel every bump and you hear every RPM. They're lightweight, they're agile, lots of things that really resonated with me as a young Southern California kid who had a go-kart in the garage and always had to tweak on it and tune on it and, you know, carbureted engines, lightweight, small tires, not a lot of grip. Those are all things that resonated with me as a youngster. And it makes me feel so connected and so pure when I jump out into one of my vintage Porsches and go for a drive on the weekend.
1: Interesting to know. And uh, how would you describe the Porsche enthusiasts joining the event?
2: Uh, They're very diverse. There are all walks of life. We welcome the full family of characters. I think a lot of the future of motoring uh, depends on how we allow the youth to experience these cars and this environment. So we try to welcome all walks of life. There's certainly a spirit of eclectic nature. We try to break down borders and barriers that may separate the concourse group from the outlaws and the rebels. We like to think of Luftgekold as an even level playing field uh, where everybody's welcome. And if you're a car owner, the ticket in is a car before 19... 99 that's uh, air-cooled. Other than that, uh, we love to see the diversity. And our first show, I remember one of my friends, Efren, had a 912 that he's had since he was a teenager, and he worked on it in the garage with his dad. And his total investment was probably, still is, probably less than $10,000, at least before he put a new engine in it. And he was parked next to an original 27. RS, and it wasn't about separating or telling these stories of elitists. It's all about uh, if you have an air-cooled Porsche and it's a unique, uh, something that you've created or had your hands around or maybe your family's owned, uh, we want to tell your story. In the end, if you really distill down what we're trying to do, it's storytelling, letting people understand not only the cars but the people behind them.
1: Telling stories about uniqueness, about the people behind these special cars and you come up with a different concept every year so in 19 the party took place at the universal film studios stunning setting though Uh, which year you were particularly proud of
2: Each one of them is a journey into a different aesthetic, but also a different location and lots of different logistics. So as a producer and as the sort of co-founder and president of the company, I don't look forward to all the wild changes that each venue brings. But afterwards, when you see the smiles and the photography, it's all worth it. I mean, Universal was unbelievable for a lot of the listeners. They've probably gone to Universal Studios in Hollywood and taken the tram tour that takes you onto the back lots of the sets of different movies and the different aesthetics between the old Wild West and New York City and everything in between. And to fill all of these streets with Porsches and to have people from 48 of 50 US states and over 20 countries in attendance, all for a, a gathering of vintage Porsche. It was a pretty proud moment, especially when the tram tours that I grew up taking and looking at all these backlots—they were now looking at us and passing by a Porsche gathering on a Sunday morning. So it was um, being on the other side of the fence was a lot of fun.
1: The connection between Porsche and the U.S. is something very special. Also, the connection between Porsche and the West Coast, California. What makes it so special? Why is it rooted? so deep, also in the DNA of California.
2: Yeah, I love the connection of Southern California and Stuttgart via a Porsche. When you look back to the early times of importing uh, the 356 to the US and Max Hoffman getting plenty of phone calls from the West Coast requesting open top 356s, lighter weight, more racing spirited cars, of course, the founding sort of fixation around the speedster. I think you had a young eager crowd of people who had great roads, great weather, and they appreciated the performance and the aesthetic of these cars. In the end, it's form follows function. But when you have engineering and design that come at such an early time, when most cars were so heavy and so big and really as I say, they only handled well in a straight line. Now you had a car that was, it cut its teeth in the mountains of Austria. It was agile, it was quick to change direction. And when you go up into the Santa Monica Mountains about 10 minutes from where I'm sitting today, It's the same type of roads as the Alps and you have a lot of descents, you have a lot of quick direction changes. And then, of course, the racing. They were racing on the airport strips of Santa Barbara up into Monterey and everywhere in between. And I think that started the love affair of the Hollywood rebel driving a Porsche with the top down and the hair in the wind.
1: You're based in Southern California. Tell the listeners, are there any differences or similarities between Porsche lovers here and across the Atlantic?
2: Uh, I think there's a ton of connection. Uh, We came and produced uh, a show in Munich in 2018. And the amount of characters and unique individuals that showed up with their cars, we all speak the same language. We all have uh, the same common connection And in the end, it's people who appreciate uh, the detail and the driving experiences and everything that the brand uh, resonates and stands for. It's almost like a filtration system for meeting new friends. If you're Porsche owners, it's likely that you have some common interests and some conversation to strike up. And I love that part of it. I also loved when I showed up to Luftgekühlt in Germany how many people, engineers, designers, racing uh, legends that own their own Porsches who drove from the Stuttgart area or even from Hamburg down to Munich for a morning of coffee and cars just outside of Munich.
1: Before we continue to talk about coffee and cars, we listen to a few facts about (laughs) Luftgekühlt.
0: The air-cooled Boxer engine is very close to the heart of every Porsche fan. The first sports car to bear the name Porsche, the 356 number no. one Roadster, was fitted with an air-cooled Boxer engine. Due to its horizontally opposed flat design, the Boxer is known for excellent running smoothness, maximum reliability, and a low center of gravity, not to mention its sound. Porsche pure and simple, grand opera for the ears a sound that stirs emotions. And emotions also play a role at Luftgekühlt, the experiential car culture event centered around a tightly curated list of historically significant or interesting cars, both race and street. The happening draws thousands of Porsche aficionados to Los Angeles, among them comedy legend Jerry Seinfeld and famous movie stars such as Patrick Dempsey and Jason Statham. Porsche first made it big in the U.S. back in 1950. With the help of U.S. car dealer Max Hoffman, the young German automaker company was able to export its sports cars to America. Hoffman used the vibrant motorsport scene in the U.S. with its numerous club races to publicize Porsche. Just four years later, some 30% of the company's annual production crossed the big pond. And today? The U.S. continues to be one of the company's most important markets. Between January and September 2021, more than 51,600 Porsche sports cars were delivered to the States. This corresponds to 23% of total sales.
1: Patrick, we have talked about Luftgekühlt, about happy people so far but you won Le Mans twice. So tell the listeners, what is this emotion you experienced all about?
2: Yeah, Le Mans is uh, an experience as a spectator that I had before I ever drove there. And the energy is like nothing I've ever been to in any type of sporting event. There's so much passion and international following in that race and to stand up on the podium, which is sort of like uh, crossing a bridge into a sea of people is just an unbelievable memory that I carry from the first time almost, well, let's say, you know, almost 20 years ago, and then to do it again with a French team in 2007, as a, a more seasoned driver at Le Mans. It was a different spirit, but uh, an equally memorable one. Every time I've been to Le Mans, I did the race 15 times. And uh, each time it's a, a unique challenge. The track is so quick. It's very dark at night. It's treacherous. And of course, you have multiple classes racing inside of one lap of a mostly public road lap. That means that you're basically driving city streets at upwards of 200 miles an hour and everything that can happen does. And it just tests you in, in a lot of different ways. And of course, fatigue is, is the big memory when you see the sunrise on the second day and you've been driving all night and you've been awake for at least Thirty hours at that point, and you're just looking towards the finish, hoping the car will hold together, and that's always been the easiest way to get to the top is to finish first. First, you have to finish. The best memory I had at Le Mans was actually finishing second in class, um, which is ironic because we usually say second sucks as drivers. That's the one position you don't want to finish. But when I was able to climb the podium with Patrick Dempsey, who's a dear friend and such a a passionate and amazing human, that was a lifelong dream of his to reach the podium at Le Mans. And he spent years and hundreds of hours uh, working towards that goal. And to help him achieve that life dream was so emotional and it's just something I'll never forget. I thought to myself, how can I be so happy for somebody else and so happy to finish second? But it kind of circles all back to what sport is all about. There are victories and accolades and titles and successes and money and trophies. But in the end, uh, I think the most memorable points of, of the career is, is the human connections.
1: For all the youngsters dreaming of competing at Le Mans or winning Le Mans, do you have any tips?
2: Work hard because there are so many people who uh, want to win or or experience travel to this race, drive in it. It means that talent alone isn't enough. Uh, work ethic isn't enough. You have to network, you have to pretty much dedicate your whole life to achieving your goal, whatever that might be. And I used to hear people say that and thought it was cliche and a little far-fetched, but I do believe that that is the secret ingredient and setting goals, writing your goals down, having a five-year plan and every single decision you make and every time you wake up in the morning, uh, working towards that goal, that's the best way.
1: Jumping from Le Mans to motorsport in the US Where is it heading to? Do you see any, yeah, hurdles, barriers, or is it a great road coming up?
2: I'm excited, personally. Um, In the 80s, I used to wake up and watch ESPN Speed World on TV, and there was the GTP cars uh, racing through the temporary street circuits of the US, uh, racing at Daytona, and all the great road courses that we have here in north america and that was a golden era of factory involvement amazing drivers from many different disciplines endurance and sprint racing and i think we're approaching another golden era and dare i say it maybe even the best we've ever seen as far as the competition the cars the manufacturer involvement lmdh is specifically what i'm talking about and it's a uh hybrid class of a prototype that's coming to the IMSA series in the US as well as uh, an iteration of that all over the world with the WEC. And I think it has the key ingredients, which is a formula that's easy to identify and understand for the casual viewer, as well as the hardcore, lifelong, passionate racing fan, cost, sustainability, close, equal racing, and um, quick cars sexy, sleek, and uh, efficient, and uh, I think it helps us to draw a connection to the track and what we're trying to produce on the street, not only at Porsche, with a lot of manufacturers. So I'm excited to be a fan of the coming period. And so 2023 is when it kicks off, and I think there's going to be a whole new energy around sports car racing.
1: LMDH, Le Mans Daytona Hybrid. This will be a great bridge between Europe and the US and Porsche is partnering with Penske Racing so we're also looking very much forward to it. But Patrick before we play a little game just a personal question at Luftgekühlt you're a highlight because you're one of the event team do the local people also know you as Mr. Luftgekühlt or is it Patrick or is that the Le Mans winner? Uh, Tell the listeners a bit about Patrick's daily life.
2: Well, in the beginning, I was known as the first person that you met at the gate trying to decide where the cars were gonna be placed and uh, if you had a ticket or not. So I'm sort of a glorified security guard at Luftgekult. I roll my sleeves up and work with the team I have done from day one. I remember the first show, uh, we only had three of us working uh, the entire production. And so uh, it's grown from there. I think we had over 400 staff uh, working at the show at Universal, but in between all of it, I love that I have a connection to motorsport and that I've been able to be with Porsche for 20 years. So certainly there's some identity there, but a Lufka Cold has um, allowed me to just seek new disciplines, learn new skill sets, and connect with a new group of people who might not be uh, motorsport fans or even Porsche fans. So I love that. I love that it's kind of a second lease on life and that oftentimes racing drivers or professional sports people wonder uh, what else can they do? What else, what kind of skill sets or offerings do they have? Because you start so young in your discipline and you focus entirely on your sport and everything is second to that if you're going to make it to the big leagues, as we say. So learning um, what Luft has taught me is, is unbelievable. I've had to serve as an intern in every single department from drawing up contracts to uh, working with the local police, producing clothing, you know, transportation, you name it. I've learned it. And uh, the most gratifying part of being the sort of president of the company is uh, building the team watching people come on board and forge their own relationships inside of the Luft team. They run the company. They are the heart and soul of the spirit and ultimately the only way that we can produce a show of the scale that we've come to. So it's a year round business. We work hard every single day and uh, we treat this as a a real company. And that's a gift for me because, like I said, all I've really done is drive cars up until Luftgekult.
1: From intern to president, we keep this in mind, Patrick. Always humbled, fascinated and at the end so grateful to have this gift. Very good to hear that. Now it's time for a game and I'll ask three questions and you give the answers. The more you know, the better it is, but there is no downside by the way. So let's start. I'm going to play you an engine sound of a Porsche model and you've got to guess which one it is. And a small hint, it's a very, very special car for you.
2: Ooh, that's not easy. Um I'm struggling with that one. I want I want another chance at it. Cause there's there's a part of me that thinks it's a flat six, but there's a part of me that doesn't know. So can you give me one more shot at it?
1: Sure, and uh, be aware of your golden memories.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna guess uh, an RSR of some era, the liftoff, I'm going with uh, 996 RSR. Wow. This is very cool. So it is a 996
1: GT3 RSR and you won your first Le Mans race with this Porsche in 2004. So well done, Patrick. We jump to question two. The first import contract between Porsche and the car dealer Max Hoffman goes back to 1950. I would like to know how many Porsche cars were supposed to be shipped to the US per year according to that first contract. Is it 90 cars, 400 cars, or is it 15 cars?
2: Ooh, uh, I'm going to go with 15, and he probably completely underestimated what he was going to need.
1: You nailed it, Patrick. Underestimation of what is coming up. So it was 15 cars. Amazing. So... Now, number three. Now I'm going to play you another two sounds slamming car doors. And I want to know which sound is a car door from an air-cooled Porsche.
2: I'm going to go with number one.
1: Answer one is correct. Great, Patrick. You answered all three
2: questions correct. Very well done. I'm going to be honest, I wasn't sure on any of those three. Um, There was a little bit of guess, but luckily at least two of them, I had some multiple choice.
1: And now you can cross your fingers that the listeners are able to answer the following questions and you're not allowed to help. Otherwise, it would be easy. Now it's your turn, dear listeners. Again, in this episode, you're able to win something.
0: Porsche AG is giving away three model cars of the Targa Florio 1973 version of the 911 Carrera RSR. The competition runs from now until the release date of the next The Porsche Podcast episode. To enter, simply send an email with the answer to podcast at Porsche.de. Porsche will draw a winner from all the correct entries. Anyone aged 18 and over can take part. The conditions for participation can be found in the Porsche newsroom at newsroom.porsche.com podcasts. Good luck. So
1: here comes the question. What was the last air-cooled 911 Porsche model? Just send your answer by email to podcast at porsche.de We're keeping our fingers crossed as well for you. Good luck. Patrick, now we've come to an end of today's episode. Time flew by and it was great talking to you. Many thanks for joining us. But before we go, I'd like to ask you one more thing. Luftgekühlt stands for heritage, for passion and wonderful classic cars. And of course for a great international community. What do you wish for Luftgekühlt and the Porsche community in the future?
2: I just hope that we continue to inspire. One of the most rewarding times is when somebody comes to the show and and wants to bring me over and tell me the story of the car that Lufkakold inspired them to go out and work hard to save up and then hunt and search for. Um, Many times those are the best stories about how the car was acquired or discovered or a friend helped them find it and, and all of that. It's really about telling the story, celebrating these cars and uh, respecting them and, and featuring them as time goes on and things evolve and interests change. I think these cars are a, a legend of automotive spirit and that's the goal and the hope for Lyft.
1: Great closing words. Patrick, it was a pleasure having you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you listeners for following us through this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to our next episode and hope you will join me again. We're always happy to receive feedback, though. So write us to podcast at Porsche.de. Take care, stay safe and goodbye.